ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we're on the chapter now, Bab Qawlillahi Ta'ala, Ayushrikuna ma la yakhluku shay'an wa hum yukhlaqoon, wa la yastati'una lahum nasra al-ayah. The chapter regarding the ayah, the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do they commit shirk with that which does not create anything, and they themselves are the ones who are created? They are the ones themselves who are created. So how do they commit shirk with something which is itself created and does not create anything else? And these other things that they call upon, they cannot give them any type of victory or aid or help or assistance. So how do they call upon these other deities of theirs? And these other deities are incapable of creating anything. They're unable to do so. And they are incapable, unable to help them or aid them or give them any victory in any way. So this, it seems like it's a question in the Qur'an. Are they committing shirk? And yet they do not create anything, yet they themselves are the ones created. It's like a question. But this type of ayah in the Qur'an where it appears like a question, the reason for that is it's like a refutation. It's a rebuttal. It's a rebuke upon those people. It's like when you say to a kid, did I not tell you not to do that? When you say to a child, did I not tell you don't do that? You don't expect the child to say, Yes, you did, or no, you didn't, or let me think. The child already knows the answer, which is that you did tell him. And you already know that you did tell him. So you're asking this question not for the sake of desiring an answer. You're asking this question as a rebuttal upon the child when you phrase it in that way. Because the child then recognizes, yes, you did tell me. I'm in the wrong, you did tell me. So this is the same way. It's a rebuttal in this question. That do they commit shirk with those, those other deities, whatever they may be, they claim, and those other deities cannot create anything. It's a question which has a rebuttal within it. Meaning, how can you worship these others, whatever they may be, and these others have no ability to create? How can you worship them? It's a rebuttal. How can you call upon them and they cannot aid you, they cannot hear you? It's a rebuttal upon them. So these types of questions... When you see them, they are not questions for the sake of questions. They are questions as a rebuttal upon those people, as a refutation upon them. So here it says, "Ayushrikuna ma la yakhluqu shay'an." They, these other deities of theirs, cannot create anything. So how or what does this indicate? It indicates that these other deities of theirs are completely incapable. They are incapable 
and they are unable in any capacity to create anything, so they cannot be deserving of worship. How can they be deserving of worship if they are unable to create anything? Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He created the heavens, He created the earth, He created the humans, He created everything. And He controls all of those affairs. And He runs all of those affairs and decrees in all of those affairs. Yet these others, they do not create a single thing. They do not have the ability, they are weak. It is outside of their uh, ability to be able to create. So this indicates that they cannot possibly be deserving of worship. How can they possibly be deserving to be worshipped if they are unable to create a single thing? فَالَّذِي يَقْدِرُ عَلَى الْخَلْقِ هُوَ الَّذِي يَسْتَحِقُ الْعِبَادَةِ The one who is able to create, the creator, he is the one who deserves the worship. The one who created you and gave you life and death, the one who created the heavens and the earth, he is the one who is deserving of the worship, not the one who is incapable, unable to create a single thing. أَمَّا الَّذِي لَا يَقْدِرُ عَلَى الْخَلْقِ فَهَذَا لَا يَسْتَحِقُ الْعِبَادَةِ كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَى Just as Allah said, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ عُبُدُوا رَبَّكُمُ الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Allah said in the Qur'an, which is actually the first command in the Qur'an, the first command which comes in the Qur'an, is in Surah Al-Baqarah with this ayah, ayah number 21, which is the statement of Allah, Ya أَيُّهَنَّا سُعْبُدُوا رَبَّكُمْ O people, all of you out there, addressing all of the people, اُعْبُدُوا رَبَّكُمْ Worship your Lord. That is the first command which comes in the Qur'an when you read the Mus'haf coming in, in ayah number 21 in Surah Al-Baqarah. O people, worship your Lord. Why or what's one of the reasonings given here when Allah says worship your Lord? It is connected here in this ayah to the fact that Allah is the one who created you. So Allah says, Ya rabbakum khalaqakum. O people, worship your Lord, the one who created you. min qablikum and those who came before you. So Allah created you. And Allah created all of those who came before you. And that's therefore why Allah says here, connecting that to the worship, worship your creator, the one who created you, and created those who came before you. Not to go to the peer or to the other people in their graves. Did they create anyone? Did they create the humans or create anybody before us? They did not. And it is out of their ability, out of their possibility, to be able to create even a fly, let alone the humans and the heavens and the earth. So here Allah says, worship the one who created you, and not the ones who are incapable of creation. Then Allah goes on to say, الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ فِرَاشًا وَالسَّمَاءَ بِنَاءً The one, worship the one who made this earth a resting place for you. Made this earth a resting place for you, and a grounded place for you. Was sama abinaa, and 
He made the skies or the heavens as a canopy above you. He made the earth for you as a resting place. And He made the heavens above you as a canopy. He is the one who did that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَأَنزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً فَأَخْرَجَ بِهِ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ رِزْقًا لَكُمْ And He is the one who brought down the rain from the heavens, the rain from the skies, and brought out the vegetation and the fruits from the ground as provisions and sustenance for you. Allah, the one who did that, sent down the rain, made the vegetation and the fruits grow as sustenance and provisions for you. Then Allah says, فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ So do not make any partners to Allah. And you know this. You know that it is Allah who made this earth for you. Grounded down with the mountains as pegs. Stable for you to live upon. The, uh, the, the heavens and the skies as a canopy above your heads. The rain which comes down, sent down from the heavens and the growth which occurs as a consequence. All of this done by your Creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not the deceased in the grave, not the stars, not the angels, not the prophets. They themselves are worshipping Allah. They themselves are worshipping Allah, the prophets, the angels. They are not there to be worshipped. Rather you worship the one who is the Creator of all of these affairs. So Allah says here, do not make partners alongside Allah. And you know that these other partners, whoever they are that you are calling upon, they cannot create anything. They did not create the earth, nor did they make it a resting place for you, nor did they make the canopy above your heads, nor did they bring the rain for you, or bring out the vegetation as sustenance and provisions for you. You know that they are incapable of doing any of that, so do not make them partners along with Allah. In another ayah of the Qur'an, Allah mentions, أَفَمَنْ يَخْلُقُ كَمَنْ لَا يَخْلُقُ أَفَلَا تَذَكَّرُونَ Is the one who creates the same as the one who cannot create? Do they not think about this? The one who created the heavens and the earth and gave life and death, is he... Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are you going to make comparable to Him someone who cannot and does not have the ability to create anything? So again Allah refutes this, that how can they worship these others, and these others, they cannot create a single thing. In another ayah Allah mentions, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ ضُرِبَ مَثَلٌ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ O people, an example has been given to you, so listen to it. A parable has been made for you, so listen to it. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ لَنْ يَخْلُقُوا ذُبَابًا وَلَوْ اجْتَمَعُوا لَهِ Those whom you are calling upon besides Allah, those who you are calling upon besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they would not be able to create even a fly, even if all of them got together. All of these other deities, idols, statues, whatever they call upon. 
If every single one of them got together, they would not even be able to create a fly, let alone create all of this universe and everything within it. Similarly, Allah goes on to say about all of these other false deities, وَإِن يَسْلُبُهُمْ وَإِن يَسْلُبُهُمُ الذُّبَابُ شَيْئًا لَا يَسْتَنْقِذُوهُ مِنْهُ ضَعُفَ الطَّالِبُ وَالْمَطْلُوبَ And if a fly was to come and take something away from one of these deities of theirs, one of these statues or whatever, a fly came and took something off it and flew away, a fly, that deity of theirs, their so-called deity, would not even be able to take that fly back and get back what the fly took from it. They would not even be able to retrieve what the fly has taken away from it. So these other deities of theirs, they cannot be worshipped. So all of the other things that are worshipped besides Allah, then it is impermissible to perform that worship. It is impermissible to perform that worship, whether it is the stones and the rocks that they are worshipping, whether it is the trees that they are worshipping, the graves and the shrines and the tombs, or even the angels, or the prophets, or the righteous people, all of them, they come under this characteristic, that none of them can create. Prophets, messengers, angels, they are the slaves of Allah. They have not been given the ability to create. Create. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who creates. So therefore this shows the impermissibility of worshipping all of these others, when they have no ability to create whatsoever. This is then bringing you back to the point of rububiyah. One of the types of tawheed is the tawheed of ar-rububiyah. To single out Allah with His actions and to negate that anybody else could do those actions. For example, one of those actions is creating. Creating the heavens and the earth and giving life and death and bringing about all of this life. That is an action that is only specifically Allah can do. Only specific to Allah. Only Allah can do that action and nobody else is able to do so. So you affirm that to Allah and you negate it from others. And so Allah is therefore the one deserving of the worship, the one who created, the one who sustains, the one who provides, the one who controls the universe. He is the one deserving of the worship, not the one who does not have any control of any of those affairs. Then Allah mentions, وَلَا يَسْتَطِعُونَ لَهُمْ نَصْرًا And these other so-called deities of theirs, they are not able to help them in any way. So if they call upon them, they make dua to them, then those deities of theirs, whatever it is, they will not be able to answer their dua for them. They will not be able to answer their dua for them. They will not be able to remove the difficulty from them. They will not be able to bring them any good. All of these other deities, whatever it is that they call upon. Because indeed, victory, aid, success, all of that is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The aid and the victory, the success to a person, it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَالنَّصْرُ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَلَوْ كَانَتْ هَذِهِ الْمَعْبُودَاتِ تُغْنِي عَنِ الْمُشْرِكِينَ شَيْئًا if these other deities of these mushrikeen could help them and give them success in any way, 
then those mushrikeen, maybe they could have had some victory in the battle of Badr and in other places, in the battle of uh, Al-Ahzab, at the time when the Muslims went and conquered Mecca, where were their idols and their deities aiding the mushrikeen then? They were not, they cannot. If they could genuinely aid them, then where was the aid for the mushrikeen from their deities? When the Muslims defeated them in Badr, the Muslims defeated them in the battle of Al-Ahzab, the Khandaq, the Muslims defeated them on the conquering of Mecca. Where were their deities aiding them then? They were not. They could not. So this is the reality that the victory is from Allah. And it is not from those false deities. You look at the example of Badr. The Muslims were barely 310 odd. 310 odd. 312, <laughs> 13, 310 odd. And the Mushrikeen were more than a thousand in number. More than a thousand. Three times as much. Yet still the Muslims, they were able to defeat them. On top of that, the Muslims are only 310 odd. And they didn't even have weapons. Hardly any weapons. Compared to what the Mushrikeen had in the Battle of Badr. Compared to what the Mushrikeen had, the Muslims hardly had any weaponry, any artillery, anything that they could fight with compared to what the Mushrikeen were bringing with them. Yet still the Muslims, they overcame them. And they defeated them by the victory and the success and the aid of Allah. Yet those mushrikeen with their great numbers and their uh, stronger firepower were unable to defeat the Muslims in that battle of Badr at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. Allah also goes on to say, وَلَا أَنفُسَهُمْ يَنْصُرُونَ That in reality, those deities cannot even aid themselves. They can't even help themselves, let alone help others. Like that example, when the fly comes and takes something from them, they can't even help themselves to be able to get that back. How are they going to aid others or assist others? Then the next ayah in this chapter, وَالَّذِينَ تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ مَا يَمْلِكُونَ مِن That those who you call upon, besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they do not control even a qitmir. What is qitmir? Qitmir, when you eat a date, dates. When you eat dates, if you peel off the top of the date to get the seed out, the stone out, when you get that out from the date, on top of that seed or uh, stone, what do you call it? the pip or whatever you want to call it, the center of the date, if you peel it off or you suck it off, what comes off the top of it? A small piece of skin. There's a small piece of skin on top of that date seed. When you take the date seed out of the date, you can suck the top and a bit of skin, the skin of that date seed comes off to clean it. Or you can even maybe take it off. The qitmir is that date seed skin. Here Allah says, these others that you're calling upon, they don't even control the skin of that date, let alone anything else. Not even something as minute as that, they have no control over, let alone anything else. So here this ayah again is a clear rebuttal, a clear rebuttal, a refutation, a rebuke of those people who call upon others besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So everything that is called upon besides Allah, then it is false. 
Because here Allah says, these others that you're calling upon, they have no ability, they have no power. They don't even control, let alone a date, not even the full date. Not that, just the skin of the seed of the date they have no control over. They don't even possess that, they don't even control that, they don't even have any power over that, let alone anything else in their creation. And that's why Allah mentions in another ayah, إِن تَدْعُوهُمْ لَا يَسْمَعُوا دُعَاءَكُمْ وَلَوْ سَمِعُوا مَسْتَجَابُوا لَكُمْ That if you call upon these others, and this is very important now because the people, they go to the graves of the people and they make dua there. They go to the grave of the Prophet and they make dua there. They go to these peer and the awliya as they say and they ask them for dua etc. Here Allah says, even if you call upon these others, the deceased ones in their graves etc., they will not hear your dua. Call upon these people in the graves who are deceased, they are dead. They will not be able to hear your dua. And even if they hear your dua, then they will not be able to answer you anyway. Even if they could hear your dua, deceased, dead in the grave, even if they heard your dua, Allah says, مَسْتَجَابُوا لَكُمْ They would not be able to answer your dua anyway, even if they could hear it. So first Allah tells us they don't hear it anyway. But even if they could, they would be unable, incapable of being able to aid you or support you or give you success or victory in any way. When you make dua, then there are certain conditions that need to be in place for you to be able to make dua. The person who you are calling upon must be in control of what you are asking for. That's number one. Whomsoever you call upon, he must be in control of what you are asking for. He must also be able to hear your dua. And he must also be able to answer your dua. So who is it? that controls whatever you are asking for, it is under his possession, his control to give whatever you are asking for. He hears your dua and he can answer your dua, that is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Others who are deceased in their graves, they do not control or possess what you are asking for. They cannot even hear you, and even if they could, they cannot even answer you. So this shows that it is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who you can call upon. And that's why Ibrahim alayhi salam said to his father, Oh my father, why do you worship that which cannot hear you and cannot see you? And it will not suffice you from Allah in any way. It will not suffice you from Allah in any way. It does not hear you, it does not see you. And it will not be able to suffice you from Allah in any way. Why do you worship this? The idols and the statues that they used to worship those people at the time of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Then, it is also mentioned that all of these other things that they are calling upon, if they are calling upon prophets, if they are calling upon angels, they are calling upon other pious people, on the day of judgment, all of these things, the angels, the prophets, the pious people, etc., all of them 
will declare their innocence from these people who are calling upon them. They will declare their innocence of them. They've got nothing to do with them. Those people were the ones committing the shirk. The ones who they were calling upon, they will declare their innocence of them. They've got nothing to do with them. They didn't tell them to make the dua. The ones who were upon righteousness, they will declare their innocence of them. وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ يَكْفُرُونَ بِشِرْكِهِمْ On that day of judgment, they will disbelieve, i.e. they will reject in the shirk the people were making with them. They will declare their innocence and their freedom of those people. Those were the foolish people making the shirk, the people who they were calling upon. They will declare their innocence of them. They have nothing to do with this. So they will declare their innocence of that. And they will declare their innocence of those who worship them. Even, even the shaitan will do that. Even the shaitan on that day, he will declare his innocence. He'll say, I've got nothing to do with these people. The ones that he misguided and they followed him, he'll declare his innocence of them on the day of judgment too. It's mentioned in the Quran. وَقَالَ الشَّيْطَانُ لَمَّا قُضِيَ الْأَمْرُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَعَدَكُمْ وَعَدَ الْحَقِّ وَوَعَدْتُكُمْ فَأَخْلَفْتُكُمْ وَمَا كَانَ لِيَا عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ سُلْطَانٍ إِلَّا أَنْ دَعَوْتُكُمْ فَاسْتَجَبْتُمْ فَاسْتَجَبْتُمْ لِي فَلَا تَلُومُونِي وَلُومُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Shaytan will say when the affair has been decided, when the affair has been uh, occurred on that day, that Allah made you a promise. And the promise of Allah is the truth. And I made you a promise, but I broke my promise. I fell behind in my promise. And I, the shaitan will say, I did not have any power over you. I didn't have any authority over you. I just called you to the evil, etc. And you followed me. You followed. I didn't have any authority. I couldn't force you. I whispered to you and you followed my whispers. So that's the fault of the person. He's going to say, it's not my fault. I didn't have the authority to do that to you. I didn't have the ability to pull you to that. I called you to this. I made the whispers. You're the one who made the choice to follow me then. So then shaitan will say, فَلَا تَلُومُونِ So don't blame me. لُومُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Blame yourselves. This is what is mentioned in the Quran. Don't blame me. Blame yourselves. Because the shaitan, he says, he doesn't have the authority over anyone. The shaitan whispers to you, you're the one who makes the choice whether to listen to those whispers or not. Or, you're the one who makes the choice to block those whispers and shun them away, or to follow those whispers and do what it says. So, the shaitan, even he will say, even he will declare his innocence on that day. Uh, the angels, similarly, the people who used to worship the angels, the angels on that day, they will declare their innocence and they will say they have nothing to do with these people who are worshipping them. وَيَوْمَ يَحْشُرُهُمْ جَمِيعًا ثُمَّ يَقُولُ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ أَهَأُولَئِ إِيَّاكُمْ كَانُوا يَعْبُدُونَ On that day when the people are resurrected, then he will say to the angels, did these people used to worship you? قَالُوا The angels will say, سُبْحَانَكَ May you be free from any defection, or any uh, deficiency or shortcoming. أَنْتَ وَلِيُّنَا مِن دُونِهِمْ You are our guardian besides them, you are our protector. بَلْ كَانُوا يَعْبُدُونَ الْجِنَّ They were worshipping the jinn, the shayateen. أَكْثَرُهُمْ بِهِمْ مُؤْمِنُونَ Many of them were believers in them. So the angels will declare the innocence of these people. They will say they're nothing to do with us. They used to worship the shayateen and the jinn. The angels will declare the innocence of those people who were calling upon them. And they will declare their innocence and freedom of any of their shirk that the people were committing. Similarly, 
Isa alayhi salam. The people they worship Isa alayhi salam, they claim that he is Allah himself. They claim that he has uluhiyya in him, rububiyya in him. Isa alayhi salam on that day will similarly declare his innocence of all of the people who worshipped him. وَإِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ يَا عِيسَى بْنَ مَرْيَمَ أَأَنْتَ قُلْتَ لِلنَّاسِ اتَّخِذُونِي وَأُمِّيَ إِلَهِينِ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ And Allah will say to Isa, the son of Maryam, did you say to these people, take me and my mother as two gods besides Allah? قَالَ سُبْحَانَكَ Isa alayhi salam will say, سُبْحَانَكَ May you be removed from this deficiency and shortcoming, this type of speech. مَا يَكُونُ لِي أَنْ أَقُولَ مَا لَيْسَ لِي بِحَقٍ I would never say anything, I would not have said anything which was not my right to say. I would not say something which was not my right to say. In kuntu qultuhu faqad alimta, if I did say it, you would know. Ta'alamu ma fi nafsi wa la a'alamu ma fi nafsik, you know what is in of myself and I do not know what is in of yourself. Innaka anta allamul ghuyub, you are the one who is the all knower of everything that is absent or hidden, all of the affairs. Ma qultu lahum illa ma amartani bihi, Isa alayhi salam will say, I didn't tell them, I didn't say to them except what you commanded me to say to them. To worship Allah, my Lord and your Lord. I.e. to the people. That I said to the people, worship Allah, my Lord and your Lord. Isa will say, that is what I told the people. And I did not say to them whatsoever at all in any way to worship me or my mother. So Isa will declare his innocence of that also. Similarly, every other type of deity, whatever it is that they worship, all those deities will declare the innocence of these people. إِذْ تَبَرَّأَ الَّذِينَ اتُّبِعُوا مِنَ الَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوا وَرَأَوا الْعَذَابَ وَتَقَطَّعَتْ بِهِمُ الْأَسْبَابِ The ones who were followed, they will declare the innocence of these people who were following them. These people who were committing shirk with them. These people who were calling upon them. Them will declare the innocence of all of these people. And all of their connections, they will cut them off. So all of these will declare their innocence of them. Then it mentions, وَمَنْ أَضَلُّ مِمَّنْ يَدْعُ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ مَنْ لَا يَسْتَجِيبُ لَهُ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ Who is more misguided, Allah says. Who is more misguided? than the one who calls upon others besides Allah, who will not answer to him till the day of judgment. All the way till the day of judgment, keep making dua to these dead people, to whoever they will not answer to you. Allah says, who is more misguided? Who is more misguided than the one who calls upon these others besides Allah, who will not answer to him till the day of judgment? They will never answer to him. So this indicates that they will not be able to answer their dua, and in fact the ayah goes on to mention that they do not even hear their dua, that deceased people do not even hear their dua, وَهُمْ عَنْ دُعَائِهِمْ غَافِلُونَ That these others who they are calling upon, these others who they are calling upon, they are absent-minded or negligent of the dua which is coming to them, meaning they don't know of it. They don't hear the dua that the people are making to them whilst these are deceased in their graves. They do not hear that dua from them in this world. So this indicates that the dua is not heard. And it indicates that uh, they cannot answer the dua in any way, in any case. These ayat and these narrations 
all therefore indicate the impermissibility of calling upon others besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They also indicate that when they call upon these others deceased in their graves, then those deceased people cannot hear their dua, they cannot answer their dua, they cannot aid them, give them success, give them victory, just as it is mentioned in those events that occurred between the mushrikeen and the Muslims. Their deities did not answer to their du'as or aid them or help them in uh, victory in those battles. So these deceased besides Allah, they control nothing, not even the skin of the date seed. They have no power or ability. They can't even get back what a fly takes from them. They cannot even create a fly if all of them came together. So all of this indicates to you how foolish it is for a person to make du'a to anyone else besides Allah. Even if they are calling upon prophets, even if they are calling upon angels, calling upon the peer or the righteous people as they say, calling upon the great Sufi imams as they say, all of that is foolishness, all of that is against the religion, all of that is against what the Qur'an and the Sunnah is teaching. Those other so-called deities of theirs or people, pious people, they claim they will not be able to answer their dua. And if they are deceased in their graves, they do not even hear their dua. So this is very clear, that every type of dua must be made directly to Allah. Your dependence and your trust is in Allah, not in these other graves or shrines or whoever they are. They tell you this is the shrine of such a holy man, such an important man. Go to him, make dua there, they even do tawaf there. That type of action is all shirk calling upon others besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We'll conclude upon that point, and next week we'll mention the full story in one go regarding the battle of Uhud, and what happened in the battle of Uhud, and the injury that occurred to the Prophet ﷺ. Inshallah ta'ala, we'll mention that next time, because the time is not going to be enough to complete it now. We'll begin with that next time, inshallah ta'ala, and we'll carry on from there. And then the narrations after that are going to be about when the revelation is given in the heavens, when the revelation is given in the heavens, how the angels even fear when that revelation it comes. So we'll talk about that after that section, insha'Allah ta'ala. So we'll conclude upon that today.